Right now, the world is experiencing something we've never faced before. Many of you, myself included, may be feeling a deep sense of grief and loss in your personal and your professional lives. And as the days continue to stack up with us being at home, quarantine, self-isolation, all the things with our families, roommates, partners, some of you are even alone right now, you might actually be feeling a profound sense that things will never be the same. Not ever. And as much as I've personally tried to keep going, because I am trying daily, taking one step after another, much of my business is online. So I'm still actually able to coach virtually or give voice lessons and piano lessons. And of course, the podcast is still going strong, as you hear. But I too have felt the weight. And I'll tell you, it is heavy some days. There are times when I just don't know what to do, when I feel like I don't have the words to even express how I'm feeling. And I've talked a lot on the podcast about my relationship with God. But I've also told you, if you've been listening to the past few episodes, that I'm questioning things, my faith, and I'm asking a lot of things that I've probably never dared to ask before. But the one thing I continue to trust in, even with all of my questions, is my relationship with God. And as it continues to evolve and change, I know in my heart, God doesn't. But prayer for me has been a little different these days. Not only with a pandemic, but because of what has been happening in my own personal life. And maybe you're doing some questioning of your own right now. You might even consider yourself a strong believer, and yet you find yourself with more questions than answers. And doubt feels like the pervading thought. But on the flip side, you might be someone who considers themselves very spiritual. Not religious, but you do connect with God in a way that doesn't fit like the typical mold of Christian prayer. Wherever you find yourself on the spectrum, I want to invite you into this conversation about prayer. Because I can honestly say that it feels like the only steady thing in my life right now at the moment. So come with your questions, with your doubts, with your fears, and with all your hopes. Come with it all. Because today we're talking about talking to God. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Hey friends, welcome to The Courage Cast. I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. I've got a really incredible conversation that we're going to share with you today. But first, let me tell you about my first encounter with my guest, Sheila Walsh. When I was in my 30s, I came across Sheila as a singer, and I really resonated with her. She's from Scotland. She has this amazing tone and quality in her voice. But more than even what she was singing was this honest transparency that she lived out of. And I really admired that quality in her. Now, her story starts with her father, who committed suicide when she was just a young girl. And she went through so many things, which resulted in her being committed to a psychiatric ward in her adult life. I know that sounds pretty wild. 
So you can imagine the things that transpired in between the time she was a child to the time she was an adult. But the one thing that has remained constant in her life has been her unshakable faith and relationship with God. And she is a powerful and influential voice in the Christian community to this day. She's the author of It's Okay Not to Be Okay, which, I mean, just even the title of the book is amazing. And her most recent book is called Praying Women, How to Pray When You Don't Know What to Say, which I think we can all relate to right now. A few months ago, I was given the opportunity to speak with her. And then, of course, COVID-19 shut everything down and my conversation got postponed. And I remember at the time being really disappointed, but then chalking it up to, you know, oh, well, I guess just not meant to be. But a few weeks later, I got word from my amazing friends at Graf Martin that my conversation with Sheila would be rescheduled. So I was really, really excited. But so much had happened during those few weeks since the original time I was supposed to talk with her and the time we actually sat down to chat. Like every other conversation, I have prepared to the best of my ability, but right towards the end of our conversation, my computer decided that it had reached its limit of recording space and off went the recording. Now, honestly, I have to tell you, my heart dropped in my chest. My first thought was, well, you know what? After all that's happened, I guess this conversation was just not meant to be. It had been postponed and then the recording suddenly stopped. In that moment, I said to myself, you know what, Andrea, it is what it is. So I continue the conversation and I'll tell you about that at the end. But obviously you realize that I was able to recover a majority of the conversation. And it was a conversation that I honestly believe I will never forget. There is a part of the conversation that was meant to be shared and a part of the conversation that is reserved, I guess, just for me. And you'll get to hear the part that was for you. So believe me when I say Sheila Walsh is a voice that speaks wisdom and truth. She's an incredible role model, and I feel honored to have had the opportunity to speak with her. But more than that, she's a beautiful soul, someone who I believe we need to hear from now more than ever. So here's my conversation with Sheila Walsh. Sheila, thank you so much for being on the Courage Cast. I feel really honored, privileged that I get a chance to to chat with you. And in in the days that we're in, which are very unusual, people keep using the word unprecedented. I am finding the longer that I'm in this this moment, the more I'm learning and unpacking, and I'm really excited to ask you about what you're learning, what you're unpacking. So thank you for being on the Courage Cast today. I'm really glad to be with you. And honestly, I just, I love, love the name, the Courage Cast. That when the invitation came through, I was like, okay, don't know much about this, but I'm definitely doing this one. (laughs) Courage is needed these days. When we feel as though we are doing just the everyday things, some of the bravest things we do are are in the mundane and in the the hard times. And we are in probably um, some of the hardest times. I don't know when people are going to be listening to the podcast, but we're still in April and COVID-19 has directly affected so many of us. I'm here, here in Canada. I know that you're in Texas, the great state of Texas. And... Um, And I know we share many common bonds, but also so many different things. So I want to ask you, like, 
Sheila, what are you learning during this time? What What is like coming up for you right now? Gosh, that's, I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it, it changes from day to day. I mean, there's some days when I think, you know, when I have this kind of positive outlook and I think, you know, one way or another, we'll get through this and we'll be stronger. And then there's other days, particularly if I'm watching the news or something or even our local news, and I hear these devastating stories of um, husbands and wives who are separated now and people who don't get, get to say goodbye to the people they love. And mm-hmm. I find myself just sobbing. I feel like this real grief in a way that I haven't felt since I lost my mom. Just And it's not like, I personally don't know anybody yet who has the virus, but the stories are coming out of this. And the way that this virus is impacting everyone's lives, people who are losing their jobs, people who are losing their livelihood, people who maybe, I mean, there was a guy here in Dallas, Texas, who opened his business a week before everything started to unravel. And just looking into his face on the TV screen and seeing that everything that he'd been building toward for years now appears to be in ashes, it's it's hard not to feel the weight of grief. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for sharing that. I think the the grief that we are experiencing is probably one of the hardest things. Um, I haven't talked about this openly on the podcast yet, although I've have expressed it through, you know, some of my social media channels. But um, when I was a little girl, five years old, my my very first pastors, Bert and Shirley Lira, they live in British Columbia. They were both uh, con- contracted COVID-19. And about a week ago, Shirley passed away. And um, she was, I, I'm just kind of even feeling it right now as, as you know, you're talking about your mom, but um she was one of those women who, when I was a little girl uh, singing in the choir, and I ended up becoming a worship pastor many, many years later, but she uh, mentored, she was my first mentor without knowing what mentorship was. And she even up until like months ago would like send me little messages on Facebook or through different sources. And, and, and I just remember thinking, you know, that when people are are feeling such, you know, so much fear and so much anxiety, like, you know, this is really affecting people in such a a, a really um, viable way and tangible way. And, and uh, friends of mine have now lost their mom and, and their dad is uh, recovering, thankfully. Um, but we lost a pastor. And so I know that that grief, like when you think about that, you know, you've lost um, people in your life, how how do we cope with with that? Um, you know, in ways like you know, you talk about prayer, we talk about relationship with God, but personally, like, how do you cope with grief in your life? I have learned the beauty of lament. You know, it's so interesting. I I've been spending a lot of time in the Book of Psalms over the last three years. In fact, I read a psalm out loud every single day. And I, because I think God gave the Psalms to the, to the people of God so they could pray them back to God. And one of the things I've found tremendously comforting is no matter what I'm feeling or experiencing, I find myself in the Psalms. In fact, it's really interesting. There's one that's kind of bang in the middle that has no resolution. You know, so many of the Psalms will talk about, um, Lord, where are you? Or how long will this go on? But somehow toward the end, it resolves into, 
but I still believe that you are good and you are faithful. Psalm 88 has no resolve. It begins with questions and grief and pain, and it ends that way. And I find myself, mm-hmm. you know, thinking how interesting that we will be given a psalm like that. Because sometimes I think that those of us who are um, believers in Christ often feel obliged to be upbeat, to say encouraging positive things. But I think in, in days like these, it's, it's important just to sit with what is true, not what we wish was true. And I have just found that the Psalms have given me words for things that I don't know really how to put into words. And so I, mm. there's something too about reading them out loud. It's almost as if, because I mean, I grew up, you know, in a small church. And so I was given a Bible as a child. So I was used to reading a little passage because I was told that's what you're supposed to do as a Christian. You're supposed to have a quiet time, you know, where you read a little bit of scripture. But I have found that that somehow reading these Psalms out loud, it's a way of my ears hearing as well as my eyes seeing. And, And I find tremendous comfort in not having to always be okay. You know, that I spent the first, I gave my life to Christ when I was 11. Um, and I ended up in a psych hospital when I was 34 with my life just crashed on the floor. And I have found that sometimes the most powerful prayers are really short. I mean, that first night in the hospital, the only two words I could squeeze out were, help me. I couldn't think mm. of anything other than just help me. And I think in these days, we're encouraged by a God who understands our humanity to say whatever is going on, whatever is real, and we're accepted as we mm. are. I love that. I, I I resonate with that. Just even, you know, remembering, you know, in times when I was younger and fearful of different things, and sometimes the only thing you can do are, are saying those short little phrases. One of the things I did want to ask you, and you know, we have people who come from various backgrounds here that listen to the podcast, but there are people probably listening today that are grappling with faith and maybe even grappling with, um, you know, I have family who are Christians. I always ask them to pray for me. And now they're finding themselves in this moment of wanting to pray. Mm -hmm. And how how do we pray? <laughs> I know that's a really simple question, but it's a good question. <laughs> how do we pray? You know, it's I had an experience when I was 18. I grew up in a small fishing town on the west coast of Scotland. And before I went off to seminary in London, I had eight weeks um, where I, th- I decided that I wanted to do some kind of volunteer project in my town. So I volunteered at a senior center where um, I would just go every day and help with serve coffee or lunch or play games with some of the seniors. And there was this one guy I could never reach. He would sit with his back to the wall and he would never come to the lunch table. So I would take his lunch to him in a tray. And But one day I thought, I, I need to find a way to connect with this man. So I took him his lunch and then I took a chair over and I sat beside him. And I said to him, hello, my name is Sheila and I'm from this little town. But one day I'm hoping to go to North America. And his eyes lit up like he just won the lottery. And he said, I'm from America. And from that point on, there was just this connection. And so we became just best friends that whole summer. But the thing that touched me was 
um, after my father, my father committed suicide when I was five. And so we lost our home, we lost our car, we lived in um, housing provided mm -hmm. by the government. So I would have to take two buses into town to, to go to the senior centre. But the minute I walked through those doors, George, no matter what else was going on and who else was talking, he would call out, she came. And that's kind of how I feel that God wants us to be with him at the moment. Mm. Just to kind of even walk outside your door or put a chair in the middle of your room and sit there and just hear heaven cry out over you, you came. I don't think God is looking for perfect words. I think he's just looking for our presence and our questions yeah. and everything. But some days um, I feel very energized to pray and other days I literally do that. I, I put a chair out and we have this little balcony in the townhouse that we have. And the sun is, I'll just put that chair and I'll just sit there. And it's like, you know, I don't have any words, Lord, but I just, I just want to be in your presence. Hmm. I, I, I love that story, that visual. She came. Mm -hmm. I love that. I go for walks. I live in Northern Ontario. So there's lots of open space. It's still very cold today. It snowed. Wow. So, yeah, I know. I know. We're def that's why I'm wearing a still a little sweater and a turtleneck. <laughs> still chilly here. Um, but we have the most beautiful, picturesque uh, landscape here. It's rivers and lakes, and it's very beautiful. And I often go out and I walk and I sometimes I bring my my phone and my ear my ear pods and and sometimes I just sing out there and I feel so connected and I kind of look around at the and I feel that same feeling that you describe like she came like I'm like I I feel like almost like I on the other end go I'm here. Uh -huh. Like I'm like, you know, like like in the in the expansive space, in the nature, in the universe, in God, there there God is, and I say, I'm here. And it's almost like I desire to connect. I desire to be close. I desire and and that's a one thing is even, you know, I, I mentioned to you earlier, I have been in this place of just asking so many questions about faith and and about God. And, but the one thing that I cannot shake is uh, the unmistakable connection and experience wow. and the presence. Uh, and I want to ask you, like, for you, like, what does that presence feel like? What is that experience of God, of prayer, of communication, of um, just being? Mm -hmm with God, like for you. I, I love the way you kind of reshape that I'm here. I think that's that's great. I'm going to remember that. Um, honestly, in the last, things have shifted for me even in the last two weeks, because I usually, you know, that my, how I make my living is I go out and speak and I do all sorts of events. Well, obviously everything's cancelled. So then you have the worries of, you know, okay, you know, I'm going to pay my bills, you know, our son's in grad school, you know, how are we going to how are we going to make it through just practically? And so there's been some anxiety, but I remember when Christian was just a little boy and he traveled with me for the first eight years of his life. My husband, Barry, and I traveled with Christian until he joined a football team and then he wanted to stay home. But when he was <laughs> little, he would do this thing, you know, he was kind of independent. He'd be marching on with a little backpack. But then when he got tired, he would just put his hands up and I would pick him up. And this might sound a little weird, but I found myself doing that every day just now. 
you know, I'll get up in the morning mm-hmm. and I'll let our dogs out and I'll go out into our, just our little back garden. And I, I find myself physically raising my hands. And it's like, it's like this acknowledgement of a do, I don't have all this together and I'm not sure where this journey is taking us. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure of it so much, but it's just this feeling of, um, cause I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm 63 years old. I gave my life to Christ at 11. So it's just, there's, there's no way. And I look at you, I, there's no way you're 63 years oh, old. Trust me. <laughs> I was like, not even, there's not even a, yes. not, not even a chance. Born in 1956. <laughs> I'm two years away from my free bus pass. <laughs> but there's something about even at my age of this just you know raising my hands like you know it's just Mm -hmm. this it's like I think the only time in the Bible that Jesus calls God by the most familial term Abba the only time he addresses him that way is when he is about to face his own betrayal and execution so I think our most vulnerable then we are invited to come in a childlike way and just call him Abba, Father. Hmm. You know, it, it's so interesting you know, to talk about this vulnerability because I think, you know, as people are experiencing the loss of income or jobs, um, many people, even with their partners or spouses or families at home, are feeling a real strain and pressure on their partnerships or marriages and um, because they're not used to being together all the time. They're not used to the financial strain is now right in their face. It's, it's on top of everything. It's all, you know, encompassing everything that they're going through. How do we like in in that kind of you know situation of being like okay i come to you i open myself to you and just say like are there are there practical things that we can do or pray or you know or is it just a releasing that we need to do like how like i guess i'm what i'm asking is is you know there's so many tangible needs mm-hmm. yeah that we have you know it's so how do we you're i mean you're absolutely right andrea it's just it's a different day and we'll all respond in different ways and different things will connect with us, which is one of the things I love about how creative God is that, that music, you know, will connect with some of us or, you know, reading a good book will connect with others or just um, even doing like a FaceTime live with somebody. So you actually get to see their face, but it's interesting. The first three weeks of this self-isolation, I thought I was going to physically kill my husband. I am, um, I'm serious. I'm an, I'm in, an introvert. You could put me on a desert island for two months with a few good books and I'd be cool. Barry is not. He is an extrovert and he connects by being around people and he talks. He talks a lot. And it was just, honestly, at some points, like I can only concentrate on one thing at a time. So I'm watching the Great British Baking Show and I'm trying, I'm hoping that this woman's souffle is going to rise. And Barry is reading to me from his iPhone something about if it's possible for a cat to pass the virus on to a dog. <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with you? But it's been so interesting to be like just together in the same space. Because the one thing that I've remembered more than the fact that Barry's an extrovert and I'm an introvert is that we both love God. And so we are learning new ways to connect. 
we, um, we in the morning we'll take our coffee outside and I'll because Barry likes my accent I'll read the psalm <laughs> I'm sure he does <laughs> I'll read the psalm out loud and then we'll just sit together you know quietly we're just finding different ways um, to be with each other and it's hard because our son is in Houston Texas and you know, he can't come home at the moment. So he's just in his apartment. He's in grad school, but he's doing his classes online. So it's just him and his cat. And I can tell he's struggling at the moment. You know, he struggles a lot with depression and anxiety. And it's like everything, everything in me is just like, I want to get in the car and I want to drive to Houston and I want to try and help. And I can't. And so I think each one of us is having to rediscover new ways that you know, that we connect with one another and that we can be with each other. And I honestly think that after this, whenever this is, whenever we've moved on, I really think that my husband and I, we've been married 26 years, but I think we're actually going to be closer than we've ever been because I'm learning to listen more and he's learning to talk less. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I, you, you're going to laugh at this because um, back in July, I moved from downtown Toronto to this small town my parents live in. And I moved in with them and I'm in my mid 40s. So this was a big, a big decision for me to be doing this. But um, they go to Florida for half the year. So, of course, they were in Florida and then basically recalled back to Canada way earlier than expected. So they came they had to quarantine. We all had to quarantine. So we're on day 30 of the three of us being back together where no one's leaving the house. So I completely understand. We were in the kitchen just actually a little while ago talking and my mom is has about lost her mind about my dad being with her 24 seven. She's like, can you just go in another room? She's like, can you can you just go do something outside like and and i laugh because i'll i just keep going to my bedroom i go down to my studio downstairs i keep getting away but you know what it was so interesting that you said that because it it actually made me think about not only connecting in in a better way with each other and ourselves and being more introspective and self-aware but communicating with god in a new way and like thinking, I will never, ever have this experience again where I get to communicate with God this way. Because it's it's opening me up to my, I guess, a lot more of who I am. And the more I know even of who, who I am, the more I know who God is in, in that sense because of my need or my lack or my desires i think they're all just coming to the surface and it makes me so much more aware of just having to to be in communication to, to you know you talk about prayer and how we pray and your new book is has has come out and it's all about prayer but i think for a long time I'm a one on the Enneagram. I don't know if you know the Enneagram. No, I, I want to do it, but I haven't done it yet. Well, you definitely have to do it. Um, check out this, a plug for yourenneagramcoach.com. They're phenomenal Enneagram experts out of Nashville, faith-based, uh, beautiful couple. Um, but anyways, I'm a one. 
which is a perfectionist or a reformer. I call myself a perfectionist in recovery. <laughs> and, uh, but for me, prayer or relationship with God for a really, really long time was all about pleasing. And did I get it right? Did I do the right thing? Um, are you pleased with me? Are you happy with me? And that really, um, you know, like as as a pastor, even when I was pastoring, that was a, a hard place to be because I always wanted to make sure I did the exact right thing in order to like get God's attention or to make sure that, you know, I'm in God's will and all the things. And, and right now, this whole pleasing mentality of prayer um, has had to be stripped away from me. And, and I, I want to ask you about that. Like, how do we come to God without having to like perform or do or say or be a certain thing? One of my favorite Scottish writers, a guy called John Bunyan, he wrote this, it's better to have a heart with no words than words with no heart. And I think, you know, for so many years, I mean, I, I went to seminary in London, then I worked for the BBC in London. Um, then I came to, um, to America and co-hosted a Christian talk show for five years. And there's been so much in my life of teaching or speaking or trying to inspire or help other women. And this has been such an interesting time because it's just silenced me. You know, I'm not out there trying to do anything. I'm just, and it has just reminded me of what I used to know years ago, but had kind of just relegated it to the back shelf of my life. And that is that God is not looking for anything from me other than just, just me. I mean, he doesn't, and another thing I think is really interesting, when I started studying about prayer, and I read about it in the Psalms, and it's also in, in the revelation given to John, is that God's chosen fragrance in heaven is prayer. I mean, he could have chosen church attendance or Bible study or evangelism, but the chosen fragrance held up in these great incense bowls is the prayer of God's people. And, and I think that that's really significant to me because whether you've known God for 50 years or you're actually just considering today entering into a relationship with him, the, the greatest gift we can give is just to show up, you know, just to be there. It's not, I spent so many years trying to be the perfect Christian because my thinking was my father had a severe brain injury and before he killed himself, he tried to take my life. And so I grew up with this thinking of, if your earthly father who once really loved you could then seem to hate you, then that's possible with God too, with your heavenly father. So I've got to get this right. And all those years of trying to be perfect, trying to impress God, like kind of juggling, like, do you see everything I'm doing? And then when I ended up in a psych hospital and it was all over and there was nothing I could do, I began to understand for the first time that I'm not the good news. Jesus is. It's never been about me getting things right. And it's easy as life picks up and you move on to kind of forget that for me. And so this, this season has been one that I am grateful for. I mean, it's a severe mercy for all of us. But just remembering again that my value, my worth to God is not because I was out last weekend speaking. It's just that, I, that he loves me and that I'm his child, uh, no matter what mm -hmm. goes on. Mm -hmm. I, I love, I, 
I'm surrounded by a lot of different Christian speakers and authors here in Canada. Um, many of my very close friends have shows here in, in Canada and, and I, you know, we get on Zoom calls and I'm hearing all of them, you know, like, oh, I'm not speaking or I'm not doing the things. And then I also have other friends, you know, in different pockets that are, you know, having to put so many things on hold. Like, what does that look like for, I mean, for us as women who have made a um, a living, a ministry or a living, depending on what you're, what lane you're in, um, what does that look like for for women going forward and people I know that's totally off topic <laughs> but like how how are you like expanding in this in your own mind and your own heart going this will never be the same yeah. again so what am I going to learn and grow in in this season I mean there's practical things um we have cut out some things that we don't need we've looked at our our budget, you know, our income, which is, you know, drastically different now. So we're trying to say, you know, what do we need and what do we not need? You know, what can we just kind of cut out? But the other thing is kind of redeeming the time because to me, it seems like you can live in this, oh, I can't wait till this is over. I can't wait till this is over. Um, and just binge watch Netflix, you know, and, and eat pizza till you, the sofa gives up. Or actually <laughs> find ways to to live in this moment not in what used yeah. to be and not in what might be but we have today you know we have this day mm. and so i'm trying to think in just in each day like sheila is your ministry just if you're on television is your ministry just if you're on a platform what about just thinking of a friend that you don't know how they're quite doing and just picking up the phone and just saying hey how are you doing that I, I don't think I'll ever view ministry quite the same again. Well, friend, I really wish that I could share the final moments of the conversation I had with Sheila. But wasn't that something? When we were talking, I had this moment where I literally felt God say to me, Andrea, you're in this moment right now, so just take it in. And I feel that so much for all of us right now. God is so close to each and every one of us. And right now it's not about faith or church or religion or even doctrine. It's about relationship, connection, and being able to come close to God. And for me these days, it looks a lot different than it used to. I don't find myself praying in ways like I did for many years. And oddly enough, I don't think that has changed my relationship with God, not even one little bit. If anything, I feel like I'm not trying so hard anymore. And I don't know what you're personally facing right now. You could be feeling such depth of sorrow and grief, and maybe you feel really alone. Or maybe you're more of in a place of frustration and anger, or you've lost some things that really are hard to, to deal with. Or maybe you are struggling with issues in your body and you're feeling weak, and it's really scary to be in the place you're in right now. Whatever it is you're feeling or experiencing, I want to encourage you to take those thoughts to God. Take those emotions and feelings and pour your heart out to the creator of the universe. Let it all out. Put it all on the table. Sheila said that God isn't looking for perfect words, and sometimes the most powerful prayers are really short. And I am going to take that to heart, and I want to encourage you to as well. So if you can even utter a few words, I have a feeling God hears you. 
And I want you to know that at the end of this conversation, when the recording had stopped, I asked Sheila to pray for you. And she did. And it was the first time I've asked a guest to pray while we were recording a conversation. And I have to say it felt very timely. And although you're not able to hear it, please know that we were specifically praying for you and what you are facing right at this very moment. So friend, I want to thank you for joining me, for being with me here today. Know that you are in my thoughts and my prayers. And in the midst of this uncertainty, I am so honored that you are doing the journey with me. Words can't express my gratitude for having had this conversation with Sheila. And a big thanks goes to her for taking the time to talk with me, for sharing her story and her wisdom. So make sure you connect with Sheila over on her website, which is SheilaWalsh.com, or on Instagram and Facebook, and I will put the links to those in the show notes. And you can grab her book, Praying Women, anywhere where you can find books, which probably right now is going to be over on her website and Amazon. So make sure that you grab a copy. I really believe it's going to encourage your heart right now. Friend, I am sending you so much love. Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crilly.